Rayford Steele's mind was on a woman he had never touched. With his fully loaded 747 on autopilot above the Atlantic en route to a 6 a.m. landing at Heathrow, Rayford had pushed from his mind thoughts of his family. Over spring break, he would spend time with his wife and 12-year-old son. Their daughter would be home from college, too. But for now, with his first officer dozing, Rayford imagined Hattie Durham's smile and looked forward to their next meeting. Hattie was Rayford's senior flight attendant. He hadn't seen her in more than an hour. Rayford used to look forward to getting home to his wife. Irene was attractive and vivacious enough, even at forty. But lately he had found himself repelled by her obsession with religion. God was okay with Rayford Steele. Rayford even enjoyed church occasionally. But since Irene had hooked up with a smaller congregation and was into weekly Bible studies and church every Sunday, Rayford had become uncomfortable. Rayford tried to tell himself it was his wife's devotion to a divine suitor that caused his mind to wander. But he knew the real reason was his own libido. Besides, Hattie Durham was drop-dead gorgeous. No one could argue that. And Rayford could tell from her expressions, her demeanor, her eye contact, that she at least admired and respected him. They had spent time together, chatting for hours over drinks or dinner. His eyes had held her gaze, and he could only assume his smile had made its point. He was no prude, but Rayford had never been unfaithful to Irene. He had long felt guilty about a private necking session he enjoyed at a company Christmas party more than twelve years before. Irene had stayed home, uncomfortably past her ninth month, carrying their surprised tag-along son, Ray Jr. Though under the influence, Rayford had known enough to leave the party early. It was clear Irene had noticed he was slightly drunk, but she couldn't have suspected anything else, not from her straight-arrow captain. In a couple of hours, Rayford would see hints of the sun— until then, the blackness through the window seemed miles thick. His sleeping passengers had window shades down, pillows and blankets in place. For now, the plane was a dark, humming sleep chamber for all but the attendants. The question of the darkest hour before dawn, then, was whether Rayford Steele should risk a new, exciting relationship with Hattie Durham. He suppressed a smile. Was he kidding himself? Would someone with his reputation ever do anything but dream about a beautiful woman fifteen years his junior? He wasn't so sure anymore. If only Irene hadn't gone off on this new kick. Would it fade, her preoccupation with the end of the world, with the love of Jesus, with the salvation of souls? Lately she had been reading about the rapture of the church. Can you imagine, Rafe, she exulted, Jesus coming back to get us before we die. Yeah, boy, he said, peeking over the top of his newspaper. That would kill me. She was not amused. If I didn't know what would happen to me, she said, I wouldn't be glib about it. I only believe what the Bible says. Rayford shrugged. He wanted to say good for you, but he didn't want to make a bad situation worse. 
Irene had become a full-fledged religious fanatic, and somehow that freed Rayford to daydream without guilt about Hattie Durham. Next to a window in first class, a writer sat hunched over his laptop. At thirty, Cameron Williams was the youngest ever senior writer for the prestigious Global Weekly. The envy of the rest of the veteran staff, he either scooped them on or was assigned to the best stories in the world. Both admirers and detractors called him Buck because they said he was always bucking tradition and authority. Buck believed he lived a charmed life, having been eyewitness to some of the most pivotal events in history. A year and two months earlier, his January 1 cover story had taken him to Israel to interview Chaim Rosenzweig. The elderly Rosenzweig had been the only unanimous choice for Newsmaker of the Year in the history of Global Week.